0: This is Changeling, the podcast.
1: Welcome to changeling the podcast come for the glamour stay for the vibes i'm your host josh and with us is your other host puka say hi puka bonsoir what are we talking about tonight puka we are continuing
0: our dive deeper or i guess further because we're talking about the far dreaming into dreams and nightmares the i guess definitive source book on all
1: things dreaming landscape related it is the source book on the dreaming that is all about the dreaming or changing the dreaming so yeah we're gonna uh start this episode talking about chapter two the far dreaming so yeah it starts out with a uh, continuing the story about that motley after they'd lost the fight to the red caps and they ate one on the bargain they ate the bargain the red caps was it the bargain i wasn't clear on that yeah they said it was the bargain oh poor little guy yeah and then we see like they're really scared of the troll, so they try to set things up so if the troll tries to break the chains, it'll kill... I don't know who the other person was, but but then that somebody slips out of the chains? Anyway, and then the troll breaks through because uh, he's in the Far Dreamy now and he's very strong. And then we have more art of these
0: uh, unsettling frogs with lips. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? They, they really need some blistex or something. That's what it comes down to. They've got like these full lips that are mm. just cracked and chapped. And I'm like,
1: I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm worried the red caps aren't taking good care of them. No. Also, they have like dragon tails or something. <laughs> Before we
0: dive in, I was thinking about kind of some of the stuff that I said last time. And I want to mitigate a little bit because I think I, I maybe came across as disliking the first part. And I I actually love the first part, and I mention it because I think the second part kind of carries through what I love, which is just that the ideas are like an avalanche. And my criticism Mm -hmm. of the book is you kind of have to be prepared for that avalanche. It's a very difficult book to try and read through cover to cover and retain everything, which, given this podcast, (laughs) is often, I think, what we're trying to do.
1: But it also okay, hits you with the mists. That's the problem. right, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you're like, oh, what was that thing? What page was that on? Oh. And again, I was thinking of this as we were breaking up the episode. I do think it's useful to kind of just go to the parts that you're most interested in for immediate use. So if you're mm-hmm. thinking about setting up a chronicle, read the relevant parts. If your chronicle is then in the dreaming, read the part on the relevant section, the, the relevant realm. But don't try and digest... Yeah. All 128 pages of it all at once. <laughs> Public disclaimer. Yeah. Or you or you could like
1: you could read it, just don't expect to retain it. You're gonna have to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That certainly is the case for this section as well. It's kinda like a core book in that way. Yeah. It's the dreaming core book. I couldn't I couldn't read any World of Darkness core book cover to cover and mm. retain everything either. True.
0: <laughs>
1: but anyway, we we are entering the far dreaming.
0: hmm I do like the note and I, I forget if I mentioned this last time now, there are more stable points in the far dreaming than in the near dreaming. And I suppose it's because it's the mm-hmm. layer where the myths that have built up over time, that's where they sink. You know, They, they kind of recede from the yeah. immediate emotional dreams into this more abstract mythic conceptual space. So you have, as the book points out, more dragons and manticores than old flames or forgotten bullies.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a line here that actually... I'd never noticed before. And it put together so much for me on 30, page 37, the far dreaming is less fragmented by the shattering than the near dreaming. I'm Mm. like, Oh, that's the shattering. Like it shattered the dreaming and the cosmology we're talking last episode. And all like, Oh, this makes so much more sense now.
0: Well, something I don't think I pointed out last time, because among the many mixed metaphors that they use to describe the dreamings cosmology, one of them is much more like plate tectonics. And they talk about fragments of the dream realms of varying size floating across the surface of either the Umbra or the Otherware void, depending which section you're reading. But they also talk about how the Fairclays, you know, moves through that as the result of the fragments moving around. And it's like, oh, those are like, you know, seismic waves. So it's dream quakes. And I really like that idea.
1: I'm picturing like... Some sort of weird outer space thing where, like, you have these planets that you're on, they're like umbral realms, and then you look up and there's like asteroids with bridges between them, but the asteroids are all drifting around. It's like set design in the Thor movies. Yes. Maybe slightly different aesthetic, but yes. (laughs) Slightly different.
0: Well, I mean, you know, Asgard and Changeling Mm -hmm. kind of work together. But we digress. Mm -hmm. We get some notes about the landscape here. We learn that the weather is less mercurial, but more powerful. And then when changelings pass through the Veil of Mists between the Near and the Far Dreaming, they get what's sometimes called a second chrysalis that unlocks all of these deep memories. So mm-hmm. long lost past lives, and there's also sort of behavioral changes that make them even more their kith. So trolls become even more trollish, and boggins become even mm-hmm. So, And that's getting into the Ogman, I believe, right? Yeah. So the Ogman. I mean, it is in C20, but it's sort of flattened into this uniform mechanic. Basically, the augment is as a changeling goes further and further into the dreaming, more and more of their human side is suppressed and more of their fey nature comes out. So in addition to those behavioral changes, there are physical changes. Their fey means become more and more like the mythic versions of their kith from old. And their birthrights and frailties intensify, which... I think that's the main mechanical reason people like to run dreaming games because they just want
1: those sweet, sweet attribute dots. Mm. So, but the frailties and the behavioral changes start to cause yeah strong issues too.
0: And it compounds as well. So when you enter the deep dreaming, it's even more so. Yeah,
1: I think the near dreaming it's still playable. No, sorry, the far dreaming is still playable. You yeah. like it's definitely a thing you can do. I wouldn't want to set an entire chronicle there. Yeah. The near dreaming, because trods run through it or, you know, by necessity
0: have to at least pass through it in part, I think it's much easier or it's much more likely for the near dreaming to come up semi-expectedly in a game. Whereas the far and deep dreaming, you as the storyteller really have to plan for that to happen.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think like, we'll get into deep dreaming another episode, but like, yeah, I, I tend to run a lot of mechanics. I tend to, and I tend to either go by the book or we have like house rules or whatever right mm-hmm. anytime i try to do deep dreaming i'm like no nah, i can't this is free now i can't follow this i
0: think of it sometimes <laughs> as near dreaming is for like mysterious quirky the the everyday sort of bombastic changeling stuff intensified but it's still within the realm of human experience more or less it feels mm-hmm. like a dream and then far dreaming yeah. is where you start to get into legendary and mythic and then deep dreaming is epic or cosmic like that scale
1: yeah, where it's sublime. Yeah. yeah, the augment here. So in the in the far dreaming, it's one of those you, you need to keep in mind. You need to talk about how your red caps explicitly might start to try to eat the other PCs, but we just they can't help, help but Yeah, it's still playable, right? I, I have little like ideas on how to tweak, tweak it. I'd have to compare this to C twenty and, and things like that, but I think it's pretty decent. Something that you lose in C20,
0: though, is some of the, the really thick description you get here. Like, I marked a couple sort of standout things that I love. There's notes about how the eyes of the issue become these, like, infinite pools that you can, you know, see all of these places reflected in. The Slua becomes semi-aquatic, weirdly. And then as you move into the Deep Dreaming, they become, or they have the ability to become, like, vapor. The Puka mm-hmm. believe everyone else is lying in addition to themselves, which I think is a nice touch. And then of course you have like the she and the yeah. trolls swiftly approaching the double digits in appearance or strength. So Yeah.
1: What is what does appearance nine look like <laughs> compared to six? Yeah. yeah. At some
0: point it's just a meaningless distinction. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it certainly helps create that epic feel if you're
1: if you're going for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see running a few sessions in the far dreaming kind of in your chronicle and then they come back again. Kind of. Yeah. And it should never be just
0: like a quick, oh, we're just going to hop into the far dreaming. Like it it is a journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about next episode. Rules wise, because this episode, we are kind of taking a look at mechanics in particular. We get some notes on the process of crossing over from the near to the far dreaming, which must go through the veil of mists and the sort of mistiness that's in there. It's like a second layer of mists. So there are trods that lead there. You can ride a dragon, which I think is a fantastic way to get from one dreaming to another. The fearless might accidentally sweep you there. Or maybe most interestingly, falling while airborne in the near dreaming. So similar to how if you are riding a chimerical carpet or a flying motorbike or whatever, and somebody spots you in the autumn world, it kicks you into the near dreaming. You can have a similar experience to get from the near dreaming to the far
1: dreaming. I was a little bit confused what would trigger that last one.
0: I think it's you have to try to fly. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, it's unclear, but there's implication that mm-hmm. that's another way in which you can do it. You can fall into it. So mm-hmm. Much like the near dreaming, we also get changes to cantrips and glamour. So there's an additional difficulty reduction on cantrips. All cantrips are weird and no longer require glamour. And temporary glamour replenishes quite quickly. I actually don't remember how much of this was ported into C20, but I believe for the
1: most part, the rules are the same. Yeah, I think if it was, it was like slight tweaks. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of the rules here, they might be slightly different rules, but they show up in C20 from what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, I just, one thing with the f- entering into the far dreaming from the near dreaming, like it doesn't explicitly spell this out very much, but it really seems like if you want to go somewhere in the far dreaming, you're like transitioning from a similar place in the near dreaming is, is mm-hmm. how it seems to always depict things to me. So, you know, you want to get to the, the fields beyond or something. You kind of have to go to places where there's fields in the near dreaming. If you follow the right trod, the virtualists sort of say that maybe that could be something weird or a realm, but it, it really does seem like generally you get the veil of mists and stuff, but the, the transition isn't completely, you're not going to like wander from like the middle of a city into a big open field yeah or yeah. forest or something yeah
0: well it's confusing though because later on and and we'll get to this the way that the realms are described it sounds like you have to encounter them successively and there's like a forest mm. realm and a field realm and then a swamp realm and it's i wasn't actually yeah clear on that but
1: yeah we'll get to that there i have some thoughts but yeah
0: I did quite like the note that once you start getting into the far dreaming, the mortals cause the silver path to kind of soften and deteriorate underneath them because the dreaming just can't mm-hmm. abide their banality if they're unenchanted. Yep. We get the note later also in the deep dreaming that even Kithane kind of scorch the land where they walk because even the banal shiver or sliver, whatever you want to call it, that's even too much for the deep dreaming. But a slumbering mm-hmm. Fae who's taken into the far dreaming might just crystallize from being that far in, so...
1: I, I am trying to figure out like, what story do you have where you're traveling with an unenchanted, I guess unenchanted mortals can find their way into the dreaming through a few ways. They talked about that. And then, and then I guess if they were in the, the near dreaming, they could somehow potentially end up in the far dreaming. So
0: can we put a pin in that? Because there's a direct contradiction near the end of the book that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, sure. So, so flag that flag that for later as well. Okay. Okay. There's a, a bunch of notes on the Prodigals, which I guess is useful to have. I, it's kind of buried in the middle here, yeah. so I'm not sure.
1: This is possibly the most crossover heavy change in yeah. book, including Isle of the Mighty. But this is like more crossover than those crossover books, it seems like. Yeah.
0: It's helpful, though. I mean, there are these notes that basically say mages can never fully overcome the mists, especially not technomancers. And the. Mm-hmm sort of core of that is that reason is shattered by the very nature of the dreaming. So I don't know if I want to frame it as the ability to like maintain your paradigm deteriorates as you move further
1: and further into the unstructured chaos of the dreaming. Yeah. I feel like some of the like cult of ecstasy or something could probably do okay, depending on which you're talking about,
0: but there's also the suggestion though, that this, this can create marauders, which I kind of like as a, as a story hook. Mm -hmm. And there's also a cool note that, Humans often have deja vu when entering the dream realms, as well as a sense of dread about the Fae. So I like that as mm-hmm. the humans pass through the Veil of Mists, they're unlocking this sort of deep socio-historical knowledge about how humans and the Fae used to interact. Not great.
1: Mm-hmm. I also want, it talks about things like, it doesn't really get into, but it says like, oh, sleeping, people remembering this under sleeping, like, Mm. I do wonder if you can just have these kind of almost like astrally projected, not exactly sleep, like mortals showing up sometimes. Would we get any hints at that? but I don't think it explicitly says that.
0: Certainly in the near dreaming. But
1: then can they get into the far dreaming? Unclear. But it talks about how they all remember that. Like they've been there in the far dreaming. Like, I don't know. It was, It was. was yeah. I mean, it is saying it's still what humans dream. So maybe they could on some yeah. level. Shrug? Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have uh, places of import, of which there are several.
1: Mm-hmm. The places are kind of in two different... The, the chapter talks about them, but then it also gets talked about in a second chapter.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the the overview of the setting. And then later we get specific details mm-hmm. about particular parts of the setting.
1: <laughs> yep. So it talks about spawning fields, but maybe they're not spawning fields, but maybe they're really spawning fields, but they're at least places with lots of dream stuff. And there's the great
0: forest. Just the
1: one. (laughs) And then a bunch of different forests in the great forest. Yep.
0: We get this, this little poem about the discordant woods, which says, though the fruit of the trees is sweet and nutritious, though the loam of the forest makes a comfortable bed, though the game in the woods is in plenty, the discordant woods bring a silent dread. The discordant woods are lovely. Maybe I'm supposed to sing that, but I don't know what tune.
1: Uh, it sounds it sounds more poetry than song to me. So yeah, there's the Forest of life mm-hmm. where everything is
0: not what it seems, and the discordant woods are peaceful, but awakened old hatreds. And then the resting place, where it's actually peaceful,
1: and the walking mm-hmm. trees. That will eat you. Yeah. <laughs> and the splintered mountains which when i read that part really reminded me of like zelda breath of the wild but anyway there's jamming mm-hmm. things
0: and within there within the mountains is outalm's forge where the Thalene believe there's yeah. like an arsenal of powerful weapons that can bring back winter and then mm-hmm. spring cuz that's the whole shadow court thing about cycling yeah. through the
1: seasons and then the sea of sorrow which is actually a desert and then uh, the slumbering oceans
0: which connect with both the near and the deep dreaming through sea trods. Overall, I mean it's almost like this this would probably be enough for me to run a game because we do have pre-packaged dream mm-hmm. realms,
1: but I guess these are more like dream biomes. I feel like that's enough mm-hmm. for me. But Yeah, we can get to the realms of interest too. Because they, they expand on these. I would have liked just like a paragraph even of just more ideas that are never that aren't really fleshed out more starting points if that makes sense
0: yeah definitely because it is very vague and the near dreaming section was similar like it kind of gave us these very broad strokes about kind of locations but they're all very sort of Mm -hmm. generic concordian places
1: yep and then we get into we're gonna go to skip ahead to chapter four at least part of it the realms of interest this is sort of what i'm talking about here if you read it one way, it feels like these are all the realms the the realms of the dreaming, and I'm like, that's not a lot of realms anymore. And I can just do this in my game fine, but I would have preferred if it had like the hint that there's actually way more than this. This is just the ones they're covering here.
0: Well, it says, I mean, the chapter does open. No list of the dominions to be found within the dreaming could ever be comprehensive, mm-hmm. and then it says this compendium includes an assortment of those latter realms. Yeah, but it does. It's, it's a nitpick. Yeah, no, that's fair. It, it reads to me like frankly, a Dungeons and Dragons book. <laughs> it's like, here's a chapter where every two pages we're going to cram as much information as we can about this realm you might want to use in your game. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. It's just, like you say, it, It's if you want to actually run a chronicle for an extended period of time in one of these realms, you probably
1: need you know something more significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would only make sense if there was way more changeling books published than there were. Like if it was like right. revised mage level books, then we could probably get like, yeah. 10 books all about different dream realms. <laughs> I mean, the Storyteller's Vault is a thing. Yeah, that's actually a really good thing. You can have chronicle ideas or setting things just using one piece of the far dreaming or something. Yeah. Well, shall we talk about some of those pieces? Yes. So you have the Veil of Mists, which is, yeah, that border between the... And it's talking about a refugee crisis. Yeah. It's an interesting... Uh choice it's like somewhere between gen, um a refugee crisis and a gentrification thing going on
0: i guess the idea is these are changelings fleeing from banality slash the autumn world slash the shattering but time is mm-hmm. weird in the dreaming so maybe they just got here and yeah setting up camp on this
1: border between the near dreaming and the far dreaming because reasons well i mean there's only so far you can get, right? But I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't really get why the fields behind. I'm just picturing like waves upon waves of bogans. It's a very bogany place, and it's just sealy bogan at that. And it's yeah. a place populated by so many boggins that it's causing population yeah. issues. Like <laughs> this is like how I referred earlier.
0: It, it first talks about the veil of mists between the near dreaming and the far dreaming, and then. The transitional realm of the fields behind, which is beyond the veil. So it sounds like you go through the veil of mm-hmm. Mists, where all of these changelings have been fleeing and trying to carve out little homes for themselves in a really miserable way. It sounds like, and then, I mean, it's the Shire, right? Like it's that dream of the bucolic countryside yes. past the idealized peasant life,
1: but it's like Midwest U S Shire. <laughs> the book is very Concordia focused. Yes. Yeah, if the Shire was in Kansas, this is what they're describing. I think it still works as like generic countryside kind of idea. And it does talk about there being Kinane there too. So there's yeah. like a mix of... Some of the Fae might never have gone through the... I, don't, I think some of the Fae may have never gone through the Changeling way here. Yeah. Some of them are Changelings and some of them are Kinane. And there's definitely Chimera everywhere too. And some are just Fae. Mm-hmm. Boggins who never put on flesh. Yep. And the cows versus sows, like it's just reading all this. They put so much effort into a place that's both like, I think this has implications on what banality is supposed to be. If you're taking this, mm. they're talking yeah. about like what parts of it are becoming banal and which parts weren't beforehand. And I'm like, I can't tell the difference here. Mm. What? But I guess it's not my place. <laughs> they
0: say beyond the veil, all signs of banality disappear.
1: So whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> It's not supposed to be, but banal, then you're like, least. yeah. And it's like small town farming community. It's just not for me. So if we go with the whole subjective banality, fine. It's just not mm. for me. Makes other people happy, but uh, yeah. it's kind of funny. The cows versus sows debate, they're all seely, but like sows are a little bit unseely versus the very seely cows, which based on what cows and sows, like, that's what type of animal you raise. I don't think and I'd want firm. to be classified as either. I mean, no. <laughs> I got to be careful. Somebody might attack you with sharpened corn. Which they said, oh,
0: it can be crafted by out of simple supermarket corn in an emergency. And I'm thinking, who the hell is going to bring supermarket corn into the far dreaming just to make a dagger?
1: But I got the impression it was you have one of these people is like your backstory, and you've come to like the autumn world. And then you're like this boggin who's in a grocery store and there's some sort of problem here, and you quickly grab an ear of corn and you sharpen it and fight.
0: I suppose so how but... back in <laughs> I'd I'd like to think there are other more serviceable weapons in, in a given supermarket, but okay. But uh, not if you knew how to make them right. I don't know if that's that's where my brain went. It does apparently also make the barrier quite sexually attractive, so maybe that's another reason. Um <laughs> facts i didn't oh i need larp ideas okay <laughs> it definitely comes through like just reading through this section because the veil of the mist is just kind of like oh, okay here's this place but then as you start getting into these sections it's clear that they just let their imaginations off the leash and just came up with all mm-hmm. these ideas and said sure let's dump them all in so we get a lot yep. of terms and they're capitalized which means mm-hmm. they're terms with the capital t like Residents are called fieldlings, and the old and usually bedlam touched women that run the places are called grandmothers,
1: and the cows and the sows, and all of that. So, what's an ergart? they have that capitalized. Which one? That's something from earlier. I R R G A R T E N. Ah, it's a realm that comes up later.
0: Oh, okay. That's like the, the labyrinth hedge maze thing. Oh, okay. They also use directional terms like lowing word and dream word and near word. Mm-hmm. Near word and dream word makes sense to me. Like as you approach the autumn or the near dreaming, you're going nearward. As you go towards the deep dreaming, you're going dream word. I have no idea
1: what lowing word is supposed to mean, but okay. The low dreaming. I guess <laughs> so. And then it actually says it it uh, the fields behind there's also little things about vegetable people and fairly edible people with its own parliaments.
0: Yeah, the sentence in its entirety is, Magical personages common to the fields include scarecrows, potato heads, and other vegetable folk, some dolls and domestic animals, and an unlimited variety of devis, giggly shrubberlings, zephyrs, pebblings, and other such small and sprightly edible people, each type
1: governed by its own little parliament. Okay. And so much of that is capitalized. Yeah. It's like reading German or old Danish or something. Yeah. (sighs)
0: And it certainly presages some of the, the stuff in, in anime. Later on, we get glooms and parasims, and their sort of realms actually spelled out. But this book came out before anime mm-hmm. did, so they're laying the groundwork. It actually mentions in anime at one point. As yeah, as, as a term, they had existed, but like the whole subdivisions into the phyla was
1: still kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it says, past the fields behind." It's getting less and less happy farming community, and more and more very rural wasteland but like it's a transition place transitional change swamps and blasted yeah. so you end up in the bullydale wastes where the red caps are yep and also unattended birthday parties you <laughs> might run across it's kind of the the idea of bullying kind of
0: manifest in a whole bunch of ways because they yeah. also say there's like bandits and cunning chimera and lesser
1: nightmares feral childling yeah i think of it as As the petty nightmare realm yeah yeah it's it's not the like absolutely terrifying nightmares it's like
0: nightmares yeah the lost nursery battalions which are childling camara who have gone feral after living their credo no fair to grumps too zealously and too long
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and again we get terms of record like bullylings to refer to residents of the bullydale wastes Mm-hmm. oh we also have the 12 witches of the marsh my favorite of whom is baktasha a particularly experimental cook because that makes me think the realm is filled with the nightmare of molecular gastronomy like
1: where all food becomes an, <laughs> an iridescent foam you know oh this was before that was a thing though wasn't it the nightmare may have already existed <laughs> yes oh man think about how it's been heightened now and then there's a little side it says there's signs that the, the banality is encroaching on this place too. Yeah. It says a, a little sidebar on the next page. And I don't know where that page is, what that's relevant to, what place. <laughs> about the chimney people, that was kind of fun. Yeah, the chimney people are strange. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. They're sort
0: of yep. steam-powered furnace people who used to be smiths and
1: now they're assassins. Because that makes sense. And they have like a chimney in their head. Sometimes mm-hmm. they wear hats to try to hide it unsuccessfully
0: again I think it's the kind of thing that potentially in an altered state one or more of the writers just kind of jotted all these notes down and they were like yeah let's make that a sidebar
1: yeah some of this makes you wonder like how does this work from the <laughs> who thought this was a thing who came up with this why Why? because they talk about how you don't age in the dreaming I'm like clearly that doesn't apply to chimera right but <laughs> so once you pass through the red cap realm you get to the puga realms <laughs> yeah the low dukedoms of cocks and mucks is that right yes
0: yeah, so the heart of trickery and
1: slapstick ruled
0: by the animal courts and by feral crime syndicates mm-hmm. of putti the little flying angels from renaissance paintings angel babies if you will
1: oh that's where they're from, the basically cherubs yeah yeah cherubs, that's that's what people like. cherubs. angel babies yeah. cherubs same thing yep yeah. And sometimes they get dressed up. And I think there's also a Who Frame Roger reference with these guys. Oh, that, that's exactly what I wrote in my show. Yeah. Walking
0: around with their cigars. But each of these, I mean, again, we could, we give all the details from Quox and Mux and it's just random things that are in here. Like, other magical keystones of the dukedoms include the seven naughty words, the kazoo, and the bent spoon. The heraldic insignia for both Mux and Quox is an inflated bladder. The bladder of Quox is displayed normally, but for Mux, the bladder is inverted. Okay. And it, it really feels like, I wish there were a list that just had, here's the name of the realm, here's a few words of description on it. If this is the kind of thing you're going for, turn to this page and just read this section. Yep. 'Cause there's so much to
1: dig Yeah, it makes that. it seem like you're always traveling this one like it's always gonna go this way through these realms. I'm like but they also said there's so many realms. So yeah. This is obviously a trod takes you through this. That yeah. Means, but maybe it's the trod that the, and the I, airship dreamcatcher in the
0: fiction is following or something.
1: And they talk about Bruins in here as some sort of bear chimera that are dying out or something. And and I'm like, is that the bears from, like, the art that we keep talking about?
0: Ah, maybe. They're probably retreating to the the deep dreaming realm of balloon. Yep. So then, and here I think it's, like, a separate section because the header font gets much bigger. The deep word road. And I feel like that's the trod in its continuation because then they're talking about leading towards Mm -hmm. deep dreaming. So we have two sort of alternate paths One is the Milderwood or Milderwood. I'm not really sure which it's supposed to be. And that's the Great Dream Forest. So it's kind of connected to the Forest of Lies that we saw before. The heart of all dreams of trees and shadows, but also the spawning ground for illusion and malicious untruth. Where the white Fomorian court is imprisoned. Well, mostly imprisoned.
1: Is this the book that first mentions, like, have in courts.
0: I think so because they they mention the, the white, the red, and the green, and additionally they make references to these documents called like the green compendium and the the black compendium. And so, oh, if we ever if we
1: ever get to have physical things on drive through, that would be perfect. Yeah, Like a book of nod equivalent the black compendium, the green compendium. Yeah, <laughs> there's a sidebar
0: about possibly the best white court fromorian, which is Liliu, the lady with bones instead of a hand.
1: Yep. Yeah. She, she's been like living in my brain ever since I first read this years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Possibly literally. uh,
0: It makes me think in terms of, and again, you're familiar with this than I am, but with connections to Exalted and the Fair Folk, this name strikes me as like an
1: Exalted name. So I feel like the people that wrote Exalted, the Fair Folk read this book and we'll talk about that eventually when we talk about that, but It definitely has an inspiration there. There was one thing that was on earlier on page 71. It mentions triads again. Yes.
0: Because it's it's slowly building up to a more rigorous typology of inanime. There's also a note that the Empire of Masks is in this part of the Far Dreaming. And this corresponds to the Arcadian Gateway slash High Brazil false Arcadia realm that's ruled by Mariana of House Elil. So more connections,
1: mm-hmm. and it also has the forest being where the White Court city was that was yeah. defeated in the War of Trees, which is I, I'm confused by the timeline here because, like, do they even mention the? T- I don't even know if they mention the Tuatha De on in this book. They do it's all like they they do a couple times, but if I just try to think about like what was the history, like this presents there as being a war between the Fomorians and the Kithane led yeah. by the She, as opposed to. So, like, who are the Tawatha? Were that before them anyway?
0: I think that Denizens of the Dreaming really tries to bring all of this together in a more coherent way. Like, this book kind of establishes mm-hmm. a lot of the terms. We get things like the Triumph Cask of Sorrows later, and then mm-hmm. Denizens of the Dreaming creates like an actual specific story kind of through line, I guess, suppose. Yeah. We get some of it in here too, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do keep saying like the Arcadian army. So unclear yeah
1: and they're saying several ways to get to the deep so this is the by land yeah i by just want
0: to point out there's the knights of the rose the rosen Cavalios, and they're a paramilitary arm of the inanimate not inanimate court of seed instead of seeds but staffed entirely by spirits inhabiting rose bushes
1: i guess proto gubera mm-hmm. who are rosy themed anyway yeah this book uses spirits in funny ways uh, <laughs> but. In the introduction, I think it repersed the Arcana as very powerful Chimera. So, yeah. you know. And then by air,
0: we have the Splintered Mountains and its largest peak, Chakravada, which might also be Mount
1: Kaf from Mage. Yep. That made Terry happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is the dream of stability and structure, I suppose, that lives in the Far Dreaming. Mm-hmm. Or actually the border between the Far and the Deep Dreaming. I like the note that oaths sworn on the mountain are unbreakable. And it the, the sort of thing that I envision is that every oath sworn by the Fae ever is like written somewhere on a stone in the Splintered Mountains, or maybe on Chakravada, just like
1: mm-hmm.
0: covered in it, you know? And that's that's the place of where oaths and, you know, Gesa and all of the other sort
1: of Fae contracts are all housed. Yeah. And it says, if you swear one on the mountain becomes extremely potent. So now I just want to do that, do the whole like never refuse hospitality, never eat dog meat thing, yep. but swear both of them there and see what happens. But Well, so another idea that, again,
0: I, I don't know if I'm making this up or if it's buried somewhere in the books, but because the red court of the Fomorians is supposed to be slumbering, but stirring underneath the mountains uh, and the mountains are kind of like the spine of the dreaming, they call it, or the firmament, firmament on the spine. So it makes me think, well, if the red court awakens and they make the mountains quake, does that shatter every oath? You know, what does that do? So that's awesome. Thoughts for the future. Mm-hmm. But it's also where mythic creatures tend to retreat, like griffins and dragons, because if they can no longer stay in the autumn world, this is like the most stable part of the dreaming where they can live. Mm-hmm. We also get some inanimate nobility among the glooms and the parasims, the alchemical court and the wind court. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a nice tie-in having a mountain being both the rock and the air. Yeah, 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 inanimate. definitely. I don't think we get reference in this book to the
0: actual sort of home realms of the anime Empires, which I think are supposed to be in the Deep Dreaming, but it's mm-hmm. a nice sort of alternative.
1: Yeah, it also has a brief mention at the border of the far and deep, uh, there's like fake Arcadias. Yeah. Like, it's like the dreams of Arcadia you could fall into.
0: Yeah. Which is one of the things with the Empire of Masks ruled by Mariana is that the gateway that she's defending and that she claims is Arcadia is probably just one of these echoes. Mm-hmm. But this is sort of the border with the deep dreaming. So shall we leave the remaining realms for next time? Because there are plenty more yes. to get through. Mm-hmm. I should ask, do you have a, a favorite realm out of all of these?
1: Uh, so far, I mean, even though I don't know, I don't know if I'd ever be able to use it. Like, it's just so ridiculous. The fields behind, it, it's it's just like just taking something so far. Really obsessed with farming. How about you? Do you have a favorite?
0: I like Quacks and Mucks. I do. I mean, yeah. I think there's a few different ways you can play it, and it kind of for me veers between like. Marks Brothers and the two doorways from Labyrinth, guarded by the Lion Guards. Mm-hmm. So, like those those two moods combined is how I envision it.
1: This is where I'd probably, if like I had to pick a place in the Far Dreaming for the PCs to go to from this book, it would be Yakwalks yeah, and Marks because it's it's got so much potential there, at least for an extended period.
0: Yeah, I do also like the idea of the players being hounded by groups of like furious mafioso
1: cherubs. Yep. So anyway, one of them needs a cigar. Yes. <laughs> At least one. You know, like in a in a like baby carriage, you know. <laughs> so. so then, we're skipping ahead to chapter
0: 6 to talk about dream stuff because that's the kind of thing one harvests
1: in the dreaming, particularly the far mm-hmm. dream, I would say. It has basically two categories, incidental and dreamed most chimerical things is incidental. And I think they've touched with this in the core book as well. Yeah. yeah, And it's kind of like the garbage stuff that like (laughs) doesn't last well. doesn't do much ornamentation. And then there's yeah. And then there's dreamed stuff that you actually would want to use, which is much more rare and has impressive things about it. Even if you're not crafting with it, it's going to be significant. Yeah.
0: I like the notes that the incidental chimera are made from a fine, sparkling multicolored mist. And that it's the majority of matter in the entire realm, mm-hmm. and that the robust, distinguished material suitable for crafting or forging is often guarded by chimera, who are like drawn to it and know they should protect it. So harvesting
1: shouldn't be easy. Mm-hmm.
0: If you're like, I'm going to build a chimerical war machine or something,
1: you have to yeah. actually. Work. But if you if you just want to make a pair of pants, yeah, you can use incidental. If you want to make a pair of pants that will last, no, yeah. And if you want to make a pair of pants that does anything more than be pants, you right. definitely want to make it. Well, because they,
0: they specifically say if wall is incidental. Like it just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. So.
1: so it also says like, if you want to like really decorate, if you have like a freehold and you want to go into the dreaming and just get stuff to make decorations for your freehold, that's not hard.
0: Yeah. So we get mechanics, but we don't really get many mechanics. And instead we, we more get guidelines. And I think I'm okay with that because yeah. it makes more sense to me that this should be something that you narrate your way through as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. In the appendix, we get this whole table about kind of cross-referencing the kind of object with where you might find it and how to calculate the appropriate yeah. volume. And it's like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with all of that being there, but ultimately, I don't think I would use any of it.
1: I've played Knockers. I've run games with Knocker and boggin PCs who do crafting. I've not used any of this. This is yeah. just, it feels like overkill to me. Did you find any parts of it actually useful? Because
0: there, there's a few that I i wouldn't mention. But.
1: I use the incidental versus dream distinction. But beyond that, it's like, oh, and if you want to get something cool, we got to do, like, actually make an interesting story around it. That's about as far as I go. Yeah. But the, like, details, I kind of.
0: How about you? I think, kind of building off what you said about the making a story around it. So there's little parts from this that I pulled out and noted there's the notion that harvesting is almost like a ritual act it says like the nuni he always kind of give thanks for the dream stuff that they gather the bogans might i don't know sing a song as they carve the wood or whatever just something in in line with the kith about gathering the materials so something like that i like They talk about the rule of sympathy, which I do think is extremely important. And it makes sense. Like if you want durable Mm -hmm. pants, of course you want dragon hide and not jellyfish. Cotton candy. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Conceptually, I like the idea of fool stuff, which is like fool's gold, but insert material here. Mm -hmm. And you have, I guess, a one in 10 chance of the material you're gathering being actually useless. So that
1: I think is good to have. Yeah. the, The mechanics for it we get later.
0: Yeah, well, and, and the Sorry. mechanics, I don't know that I would really use much, but I like that mm-hmm. the idea exists. And then the rule of three for reeds, where for every reed that you're building into a chimerical, I guess, object or creature, you need a base element and then two other elements around it, which I think are more like flavor mm-hmm. rather than actual substance. And I quite like it because it reminds me of old witchy recipes where it's like, All right, for this potion, you will need the blood of one frog, the tears of a baby, and (laughs) whatever else.
1: Yeah. I keep wondering, like, if I was running a game that was heavily, that was focused enough on crafting to need this, like, at what point would I be like, oh, my goodness, now I have to think of three more things. Or I guess the players are thinking of the three. But you're like, okay, we're crafting our fifth item. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think it's fun, though, to to try and come up with, like, because you're essentially inventing alchemy on the fly. Mm-hmm. And I like handling that by ingredient and feel rather than cross-referencing a couple of tables. Personally, yes. Oh, definitely. And this is the stuff which when we talked about Book of Days before, you know, I went back to this and kind of looked through it to inform my approach to that. Especially the notion of at different times of the year, different materials will be more potent when you gather them so the example they use here is like Mm -hmm. if you're harvesting chimerical nightshade on Samhain it's going to be more potent than if you harvest it on March 27th
1: yeah I agree yeah you know what? I like this as guidelines I would not want to play in a game where a storyteller was like strictly following raw on this but yeah I think as guidelines it's very good
0: importantly remember that harvesting is only half of the issue and then getting it out of the dreaming back into the yes. autumn world to actually craft is the hard part
1: <laughs> yeah and I mentioned, I mentioned about this one like particularly nasty boggin who like will give out maps to where all the good stuff is and then they set it up in a way that they can like ambush you when you come back yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and there's rules for forging and the appendix but Again, I think C20 does a decent job of porting these rules over and streamlining them and making them work better, but I do really like the fluffier flavor stuff that we get here about how this integrates into like the culture of who craft.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved a C20 Dreams and Nightmares that had it all yeah. like that would have been. And then we get into Beasts of the Dreaming.
0: I want to take a second here to talk about something which I was so happy to see in here. I think I remembered this vaguely, but then coming across it again was like, yay. Which is they talk about the ecology of the dream realms. Hugely important, in my opinion. One of my favorite things from Dungeons & Dragons monster manuals is how each monster entry has like a little piece about how they fit into the ecology of the landscape. And I feel like it's one of the most ignored pieces Mm -hmm. of Dungeons & Dragons. But it's great.
1: I think this is also one of the most ignored pieces. Maybe not the, but this is ignored by changeling people too. It's hard. It's hard easy to forget, but I think, yeah, no, that no. really helps. The distinct ecologies really helps bring it forth. Like, yeah, if you have the, the back of your mind, you don't need to like do super detailed write up, but you could just, if you have an idea of how the ecology works in this weird dream realm, sketching out the food web with dragons. Mm hmm carnivorous flying bunnies or whatever you're putting in
0: yeah so i i really like having that in there and to my mind that would actually make for a really interesting dreaming set game especially if you're Mm -hmm. you know working with particular kith like i think boggins would be pretty good boggins and puka yep and satyrs maybe trying to like terraform or trying to do landscape management or permaculture or even just working with the local ecology. Yeah. You know?
1: So, among the beasties we have, we have some dragons. They're pretty great. Yeah, I like it too. There's like nitpicky stuff, like they talk about Western versus Eastern, but like their mm. division of West and East is strange. I like that this book, this is be- well before Land of Eight Million Dreams. Hey, Asia's got the dreaming still. I like that. That's- yeah.
0: How about that? To be fair, I don't I don't think it's ever been suggested that Asia doesn't have the dreaming, just that this yen can't go there for some ridiculous reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then so they just don't sort have of changelings, I guess. <laughs> but anyway. We get some hybrids, which
0: include things like centaurs and harpies and chimera, who have an A inserted here so you don't confuse them with chimera. <laughs> Useful. <laughs> which one's the standard spelling? If I saw chimera... With no A, so C-H-I-M-E-R-A, outside of A Changeling the Dreaming Book, I'd assume it was referring to this three-headed beast from Greek mythology. Optionally capitalized. But it is weird to read the sentence, the chimera is a chimera with a really bad temper. They headed that on purpose.
1: Yeah, of course. (laughs) There's also the machine Mm -hmm. beast. I love those things. That reminds me most of, a little bit the, the chimera, but especially the machine beast reminds me a lot of like, the spirit world and werewolf the forsaken which is like it reminded of me like of wally <laughs> That well wally's one thing this is like everything just haphazardly stuck together that's what it reminded me of that spirit
0: world wally crossed with katamari damashii
1: yes <laughs> and then here's a thing that i've heard about in a different book
0: the periton periton
1: which is a thing like i heard, i remember from rifts but blank reading, I'm like reading i like it's stuck in my mind there and here it's the same thing. And I'm like, that's the only two places I've ever encountered these. Although, obviously, they're. It's in
0: Dungeons and Dragons,
1: world. too. Okay. I think it's like, it's not even really like a
0: full on myth. It's actually a fictional, mythical creature invented by Jorge Luis Borges. Ah.
1: Uh, so. <laughs> from a long lost medieval manuscript. And then this book says it's Roman. So, okay. Wait, that's under copyright. Yeah, no, exactly. But like Dungeons and Dragons used <laughs> it. So. I guess other... Uh, that makes, uh, implications of the OGL. But anyway, that's another. yeah. Anyway, then we get Afrit. Which Afrit show up as a kith in C20, but that's fine. They're very different. They're somewhat different. And Rakshasa is something you see in a lot of places.
0: Yeah. Then your favorite, the Enchanters. Well, maybe not your favorite, but you mentioned them before. Yeah.
1: The Dreams of... Well, also Dreams of Mages, that it says even explicitly. But they get sorcery. I don't think most sleepers or mortals know the difference, so. Yeah. And then the Moray, the, which, don't these also show up? I think they show up in denizens as one of the denizen kith, but at least the art does. So those are the moirai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <itchy> with language. <laughs>
0: these are the Moray, not the Moirai, who are the
1: fates. Oh, okay. They might still reuse the art, though. That's what. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, okay. These are like nightmares, but yeah. not horses. Classical nightmares who sit on your chest
0: then the kappa which i think this is the book that i first learned about the kappa it's one of the few honestly like straight up japanese legendary creatures that we see in the game
1: well i think this book has in terms of japan and china doesn't have much but it has like more than any other changeling book mm-hmm. besides land of o- in terms of the, the dreaming of it so yeah yeah, yeah. and then giants so
0: Giants also live out here in the Dreaming Realms. I think it makes sense for the giants to be in the splintered mountains as well. That seems like a gianty place. Mm-hmm. And then the last two are Dunnies, the protectors of lost children and injured animals. And then one of my favorites, the Oakmen, who are the foreshortened bitter spirits of felled trees. So they're angry stumps. And they occasionally can <laughs> like, with mushrooms. Give you bad yeah. directions. Yeah. <laughs> bad directions and bad trips. Yep. Overall, though, I think... On the one hand, I'm inclined to say you could turn any of these into playable kiths using the kith creation rules in C20. On the other hand, I kind of Mm -hmm. like that they're not kiths of changelings because to me, one of the Mm -hmm. important things about a playable kith is that beyond just being a coherent myth that you're building off of, I feel like there has to be a productive tie to humanity, something that like... If they were a changeling, they could find common ground to muse on, you know, mm-hmm. I want them to reflect fundamental qualities of humanity in the way that you could say like, oh, the issue represent wanderlust or the puka represent playfulness or whatever. I want each kith to kind of have something they connect to. But I also want them to be mm-hmm. broad enough in their myth that they're not all just like one dimensional copies of each other. And that is kind of the feeling I have from most of
1: these. Yeah, I think it's great. Like, oh, you 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 want to populate more Chimera. It's just some Chimera to bring in. But, like, they're all not individuals. They're species. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I like the idea that there are unique Chimera, but there's also a lot of species of Chimera, and I like that.
0: Yeah. And not all of them ever underwent the Changeling way. Yeah,
1: or even would make sense to. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, that's chapter six. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the appendix. Which... It feels very appendix to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind
0: of a big old wad of crunch. We talked about the crafting rules, but then we have a bunch of new mm-hmm. readings for Chimera.
1: That bit I like.
0: Yeah. We finally get mm-hmm. breath, which is necessary. I think the ones that I liked best are archetype, where you can like absorb other Chimera and incorporate their function into your own. Mm-hmm. I say you, but I mean
1: a Chimera can. <laughs> The archetype also fits into what I was talking about with the werewolf, the forsaken spirits. But anyway, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different spirits will sometimes prey on each other, mm. and it's got a normal, like, whole ecology of spirits as opposed to like in World of Darkness, and the spirits can sometimes prey on each other. But if like there's a word, I can't remember the word for it. There's a word for like when a spirit starts eating too many weird other spirits that don't make sense. And you can. That's when you get like a horse with like a car wheels, and it's but it's <laughs> also like roaring like a tiger and it's like these aren't good
0: it's like annihilation the film the, the other ones that i like are poof be gone where the chimera can just kind of disappear and then reappear in another part of the dreaming and uh Reostra, which we saw before in the enchanted as a mortal power but it's the same kind of berserker rage warp spasm thing mm-hmm. so it's nice to see a chimera go berserk and we also get banes here so they're flaws for chimera which is a pretty cool thing to have Like riddle game and vulnerable spot, so
1: yeah. Then we get to mists revisited. They take this chart to C twenty, but this is really I don't remember being this harsh in C twenty. It was too harsh to me. Like so many PCs, I'd have just not remember anything when they come back from the dreaming and be kind of useless when they're in the dreaming.
0: Yeah, well, it kind of relies on glamour being significantly higher than banality in order for like Mm -hmm. useful experiences to be drawn from the Dreaming. <laughs> but it's also... Yep. I mean, the tables are still kind of confusing, too. The, the thing that uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to point out from before that I said, let's put a pin in that, on entering the Dreaming, basically, it's the same kind of thing in C20 where you subtract banality from Glamour. I think it's the same thing. And that determines the level of mist effect and how long it lasts. Mm-hmm. But so if you essentially have net banality greater than Glamour there's an asterisk that says these individuals may enter the dreaming only if aided by an enchantment, which makes me think, well, then how the hell do mortals ever Mm -hmm. get in there without help,
1: you know? Yeah, this this I think the math doesn't work for what it's going for, for other things. It's like, I think the basic concept works, Mm -hmm. but I just don't like the chart itself.
0: And similar to what I said last time, I kind of get the feeling like this chart was created not in collaboration with whoever wrote earlier sections about like mortals showing up, like Mm -hmm. the threshold for how deep a mortal can get without being enchanted seems to be inconsistently represented. So, yeah. But yeah, the charts, I think, could use some modulation depending on what kind of game you're running. Mm -hmm. Lastly, we have Dreamcraft. Dreamcraft.
1: It's the art that I never like,
0: honestly. um... The weird thing about this art is that I like it less and less as you go up in power. As it's presented here. (laughs) Yeah, finding the silver path. Sure. Well, finding the silver path is tremendously useful if you're running a dreaming game. I had in a game that I was in previously, Dreamcraft 2, which was maybe my favorite power because it's like rolling the dice metaphorically and literally in order to kind of reshuffle the landscape in ways that might be beneficial to you, but also might not. And I really loved that. And then it's like, okay, yeah, then level three, solidified dream stuff. I guess that's useful. Level four is now, I think, level two Oniromancy in C20? Where yeah. Ride Immortals Dream. Basically. And then level five is basically yeah. useless and really, really punitive in its cost because you create a chimerical structure or entity wholesale, but you can only use it in the deep dreaming and it costs two permanent glamour. And I'm thinking, doesn't Leisure Domain 5... Do essentially the same thing and it's automatically weird when you're in the deep dreaming so yeah.
1: it's anyway. uh yeah not good and i just think i don't like any art that it's like when each cantrip only works with like one realm most of it's fey five yeah 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 so w-
0: with with the exception of the first two powers i don't think i would want and it's i understand why they kind of folded this into aniromancy but I do also kind of feel like Oniromancy doesn't fully do justice to the actual Dreamcraft aspect. So like the Dreamcraft level of Oniromancy, was it Oniromancy 3? I can't remember. That doesn't cover the full breadth of what's represented here. So, Mm -hmm. but otherwise, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with it being collapsed.
1: Does my hard copy have also a big page of notes?
0: Or is that just this weird PDF? My hard copy ends with, dreamcraft there's
1: no ad there's no okay sam yeah i just noticed the pd the official pdf i just downloaded it the latest one from drive-thru and it's got like this notes with a bunch of lines oh for no reason
0: like from the makers of the game
1: or like whoever uploaded it that they took it from (laughs) no no i mean no this is this is from dreams like because they've updated it right and it's got like an ad for stuff for onyx oh is it like errata no, it says. Okay, how do I send this to you? Uh, we
0: we'll, we can try to include this in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it is a white piece of paper that says notes at the top, and then a bunch of lines to write your notes on.
0: Oh, oh, I get but it.
1: Only in the PDF.
0: Okay. <laughs> Useful, I suppose, uh, for people who don't have paper in their PDF. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Well, is it like a live PDF? Can you like? Nope. Weird. Maybe there's a different printing or
1: something, and they included that. Maybe. That makes sense, yeah. Anyway. I, somehow I have two physical copies of it. I should check the other one. I don't know how I ended up. Roommates, that's how I ended up with it. Ah. Roommates who were gamers. Roommates and theft. Got it. So that's...
0: uh. Well, I was about to say that's the book, but we have skipped over a couple chapters. In terms of yes. the Far Dreaming, the realms... The things that live there and the mechanics that govern them. What were your overall thoughts?
1: This is like possibly my favorite Changeling book. Yeah, there's definitely pieces where I'm like, like, like some of the rules. I'm like, uh, maybe not. And you know, little nitpicky stuff. Like, oh, I would have liked the wording to hint at a bigger dreaming than it hinted at, even though it did explicitly say it's bigger than this. Just you know, like, and there's other places like blah 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 i just just feel like a little paragraph just saying that at the end would be like and they just like name like 20 weird evocative names with no details like that would go a long way i think
0: there is a little bit of that in the deep dreaming section like when they mention the 13 Mm -hmm. oniric realms by name or whatever it is and they're basically just names from greek mythology
1: (laughs) okay and the whole crafting stuff it's like that is so much i like it it's just yeah i guess it's not that many pages devoted to it but still
0: yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree that it's probably one of my top two or three Changeling books. I love the density of ideas. I just wish they had kind of telegraphed it more because I think it could be overwhelming for a reader. I do think it would still be useful to a C20 player, but probably in the sense that the rules that have been adapted and updated for C20 are what people should be using in, in that yep. uh, edition. But what this provides is kind of like justifications and flavor and in some cases, useful detail for all of those rules.
1: Yeah, this is for for, a C20 storyteller of all the previous supplements that came out in previous editions. This is probably, I'd say, the most useful, certainly for going into the Dreaming.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's the other part that's useful is it just gives you all of these realms that you can just drop into your game.
1: Mm hmm yeah,
0: I'd, I'd hardly recommend it despite my sort of nitpicks (laughs) about parts of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think like the main thing, it would be like and I I don't even know how I do better job, but like maybe it needs a restructuring. Like the content Mm -hmm. is good, but some sort of restructuring to make it a bit easier to
0: read. So next time we'll be talking about the deep dreaming, but then also chapter five in the book, which is about freeholds and trods. And that's like, why wasn't that at the start you know because that would be the entry point for mm-hmm. most kissing so
1: yeah either that or yeah the big introduction in chapter five should probably go together whatever order you're doing things
0: yeah, i don't know if you want yeah, to start
1: yeah. with just all the evocative stuff and then get into how it works later or start with this how it works and then you can do the evocative stuff but splitting it like this is weird yeah and also like describing the realms but then describing them more in a set another chapter is a bit weird too but these are all yeah nitpicks that would be like how could you take a great thing and make it better Not, yeah hooray hooray so yeah i think
0: that wraps up this episode two down one to go
1: yeah you can find uh find us com. you can find us on facebook changelingthepodcast you can email us podcast at changelingthepodcast.com you can go to our Discord at discord.me slash ctp. You can send us a toot, changelypod at dice.camp. Is that all of the things? Patreon? Yeah, and follow us on Patreon. And once again, I'm Josh. The low dukes of quarks and mucks have declared that for
0: the time being, I may continue to be known in some circles as puka. Yeah, and... Uh, Once again, don't get stabbed by a particularly sharp ear of corn. Never ride the lonely road above all at sundown, for dusk is when the little men melt into the mountain, melt into the mountain, melt into the mountain. As one walks the deepward road further into the dreaming, one often finds it edged with archetypes of roadside curiosities that have precipitated from the collective human subconscious. The quintessential sleazy motel is infested with long-forgotten vermin chimera, the chrome siding on an all-hours diner is actually material pried loose from the silver path, and the petrol station shop trades bags of pure sugar joss for a good story. Just remember to always pass on the left and keep one dragon length between you and the travelers ahead at all times. Another journey you might consider is to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash changelingthepodcast where you can sign up to support our show. Patrons receive our effusive thanks and occasional praise at the end of each episode, and they are Derek, Dorchadas, Jason Vines, Oreo, Ras Caboose, Sandjigger, Sija, and Terry Robinson. Today is one of those occasions for praise, so you are all hereby officially declared fine and foxy individuals. Thanks for your support. Listeners can also leave a review on the podcast listening platform of their choice, or by stopping by our Discord at www.discord.me ctp and joining the conversation. Thanks for your attention, and wherever the journey of life or its nearest equivalent may take you, until next time, keep on dreaming.